This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. We are told that in times like these, men always ought to pray and not to faint. It seems like we have many opportunities to faint today out there in this increasingly wild and woolly world. Whether you're in the United States or in Israel or in Gaza or Iran or uh, wherever you are within the uh, European Union, NATO, China, Iran, it really doesn't matter because the entire world is in a veritable conflagration of chaos. How are we to understand these times? How are we to endure these times? Jesus said, he that endures to the end shall be saved. He told us that all these things were going to take place. He did. He told us that uh, uh, there would be tribulation and trials and, and uh, testings. He said, don't, don't count it surprising if you fall into these testings and trials. Uh, James, the brother of Jesus, talked about it. Peter talked about it. Jesus talked about it. Paul talked about it. And it seems that that was quite on their minds, even though it hasn't been much on our minds for a very long time in the church in America. But it seems that it's growing in that direction. So how do we respond? What do we do? What can we do? Is it just a matter of writing a text or uh, sending an email or something to our congressman? Or is there something else? Should we actually be communicating more with the God of creation than those who are pretending to be God in the creation. Today on Viewpoint, we have a very special guest joining us, very articulate uh, lady from uh, Southern California. Uh, My old stomping grounds there, uh, Orange County, California, is her stomping grounds. Her name is Tammy Hotzenpiller, and uh, she comes to us with a book today, Fasting with God, Finding Breakthrough and Power, in the names of God. Now, this is a very interesting combination of the names of God with a call to fasting. It really caught my attention, and the more I got into her book, the more it caught my attention, because what she did not realize is that I am now two-thirds the way through chapter 8 of my 11th book called When Persecution Comes. And the chapter I'm now writing on is dealing with God's provision for his people amid persecution. Tammy, I've got to tell you, you've inspired me with how you unite put some things in your book. I think I might just uh, incorporate a little bit of that. Can I do that? Oh, you have my, I'd love for you to do that. It would be an honor. And thank you for having me on your show. God bless you and the stand that you're taking. Well, you know, a lot of people here on the East Coast wonder if anything positive could ever come from the West Coast. I know when we first came here 30 years ago, uh, they looked at us as fruits, nuts, and flakes. So uh, coming from 30 years there in Southern California, uh, and it looks like uh, a lot of uh, very unpleasant, undesirable things are coming out of California, including a possible new presidential candidate. It hasn't confirmed yet, but things are looking that direction. But uh, the question is, how do we survive amid uh, these constant, constant battlings? Uh, I mean, Jesus made it very clear in the book of Luke. He said, look, uh, things are going to get so tough. The times are going to get so terrifying 
that uh, men's hearts will fail them for fear for the things that are coming upon the earth. So knowing the names of God, understanding the names of God, their implications, and fasting, do you see that as a means whereby we can respond to these times? Absolutely. And, and let me just go back to one thing you just started this whole broadcast with. Let us don't ever forget what God does when we pray and when we fast. Some of the greatest revivals in American history happened on the soil of California. And I'm talking the Azusa Street. I'm talking right. the, the Jesus Revolution. I am a product of that Jesus Revolution in the 70s, which from a girl in the Midwest um, appreciated the prayers of the people in California that saw uh-huh. the evidence of their faith and their prayers. So I have not given up on the West Coast. I am decreeing, declaring, and believing for a great move. God uses men like Governor Newsom, just like he used men of old who thought they knew what they wanted until God got a hold of them. And I'm telling you what, it's when the church and the saints and the believers rise up and pray and fast, we see what only God can do. So, um, yes, to answer your question, 100% God moves by prayer and fasting. And when we know his name, when we understand his character, we understand how he comes through in manifestations, I believe that we're going to see a mighty revival in our country. Well, indeed, uh, men are always to pray and not to faint. And there are a lot of people that are fainting out there. There's a lot of fear uh, that has invaded the body of Christ uh, from coast to coast, actually. And uh, more and more pastors and others are talking about uh, the fear that seems to be gripping God's people. And uh, we should not respond in fear. Uh, so how does fasting uh, help us to become an antidote, shall we say, to to fear? Well, and let's just start right here with the fact that we know where that spirit of fear comes. The Bible is very clear to tell us that God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. And I believe if one thing the enemy did was he overplayed his hand during covid uh-huh. And when he tried to shut down churches, not all churches shut down. Here in California, we took a strong stand against our governor with several churches here in California, and we stayed open through the whole pandemic. Yeah. We were the church here in Anaheim, California, and out of that, God blessed our ministry. He blessed the church because we would not stay silent. You know, I believe that your listeners know the Word of God. They read the Word of God. This isn't the first time there's been an attack against God's people whether it is in the Middle East, as we see now, against mm-hmm. of course, Jerusalem again, Israel. <clears throat> right. But he comes against the church. And, you know, we know that passage in Matthew when the disciples came to Jesus frustrated over not being able to call out the demons from this young man. Mm-hmm. And Jesus looked at them clearly and said, some things only happen by prayer and fasting. So I believe when we couple those two keys together, prayer and fasting, when we submit our will to God's will, and we really just don't eat. We, we fast. God sees our heart, and we see breakthrough. All right. Well, fasting doesn't uh, go along with the word fast, though, does it? I mean, fast no, is quick. Uh, fasting yeah. is just the opposite, isn't it? Well, you know, it's interesting. If you know the Bible, it's very clear um, if you study what the word fasting means. In the Old Testament, the word fasting means shut your mouth. In the New Testament, <laughs> you know, there's a French word for that. It's fermer la bouche. Well, there you go. Well, we know what it means. But in Greek, it it actually means no food. So I believe Jesus was being very clear. I think the Scripture is very clear. 
to me, fasting is fasting it's from food. It's, it's, it's omitting food in my life. Now, I know we live in a day today where people feel they can fast on Netflix or social media or shopping or, mm-hmm. and, and although I say those are noble things to, uh, you know, omit from your life, fasting is going without food. Because what we have to do is we have to realize we're battling our flesh. That's it. That's exactly the point. I was just going to interject that. What we're dealing with is the war of the flesh against the spirit. And we want to see the spirit win, our spirit man win, and fasting is part of that victory. Friends, we're going to be right back with uh, Tammy Hudson-Piller. In just a moment, we're going to offer her book, Fasting with God. You're going to want to get a hold of it because it's going to be so encouraging to you in this moment of history. We'll be right back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chrismar, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. When the Bible says that men ought always to fast and not to faint, I think that includes women. So it's talking about human beings made in God's image. We should not be yielding to fainting in our spirits. But when we are tempted to faint, it should be a trigger that we should consider fasting. So this wonderful book, Fasting with God, Finding Breakthrough and Power in the Names of God, uh, can be yours. It's a $20 book. Yours for $18 on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. Uh, give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries. P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. And we were going to put this very encouraging and informative book in your hands. Now, the word fasting occurs about over 70 times in the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation in different ways, and uh, about 16 times, I think, in the Old Testament. And uh, uh, so usually, at least often, it's associated with prayer. Fasting is mentioned 22 times. Prayer is mentioned 188 times in uh, one place. So this is something that we need to take seriously. Now, over the years, I have personally engaged in a number of different fasts. I've engaged in one-day fasts. I've engaged in three-day fasts. I've engaged in seven-day fasts. And I engaged in a 21-day fast that was heading toward a 40-day fast. So I have a little bit of understanding about fasting. And uh, this is something that Tammy are, are going to explore here as we move forward because there are so many things to talk about when we talk about fasting. So before we go further into fasting, let's now shift to, to talking a bit about the names of God. Because the names of God, this is what's so unique about your book, I think. Uh, the names of God reveal to us the character of God, uh, who he really is, and how we can look to him 
in times of fasting and prayer and why it should truly make a difference in how we fast and pray. Give us a little further insight on that. Well, a little backstory. I, I love to prayer walk. And one day I was on a prayer walk a few years ago, and I really felt impressed by the Holy Spirit for him. And he said to me, fast with me. And you know when you hear those lines that you just know come from God because uh-huh. they're smarter than you are? You just know they're <laughs> his voice. And I just pursued, and I said, God, what does that mean? Fast, fast with you, fast with you. And I began to think, I need to fast with God. I need hmm. to fast with God. Mm-hmm. And years ago, I went through a study with a wonderful woman, Kay Arthur, and she introduced me to the names of God. Uh-huh. And I began to go through these beautiful names like Elohim and Yahweh, El Yon, and as you know, there's many, Jehovah right. Rapha. By the way, is Kay is, is still out there doing that? She absolutely just passed away, I believe, not long ago, but a mighty warrior. Um, really? Really? Correct me. My wife, I, you know, my wife wears a beautiful necklace that Kay gave to me for my wife because I was adoring it so much at the National Religious Broadcasters Association about 15 years ago. Yes. <laughs> but she's an amazing woman, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check on that. I know she was not doing well, but I'll have to, uh-huh. gonna, you know, I want to check on that. But she, she did this book, and I, I was with her in, in Tennessee, and she began to tutor me and mentor me in the names of God, the Hebrew mm-hmm. names of God. And I began to go de- deep, and I think what's beautiful is we don't understand the depth of God until we understand his name. Right. And when you understand his name, his characteristic, that he wants to be your healer, he wants to be your banner, he wants to be your provider. And so in my book, I walk through 21 names of God where we intimately meet him day by day. We go deeper in our fast, Mm -hmm. really more to understand the character of God and the name of God and how he provided his name to his people through situations, through struggles, through problems. He met them where they were in his character. Well, you talk about the first one is Elohim, uh, which means a creator, the primary name used for God in the Old Testament, about twenty, mm-hmm. almost 2,600 times throughout the Bible. Uh, it must be pretty important. It means the supreme one or mighty one. And if God calls himself, is called Elohim, his mm-hmm. self-identity as infinite and all-powerful, then that should Im- impact our mind and our thinking when we talk about praying to him in a kind of fasting, shouldn't it? Amen. You know, and I think you just said that. I mean, it's meeting him intimately. It's meeting him personally. And with Elohim, I love starting off with our Creator God, and I love to teach that we were made in the image of God. And God gives us the ability to create, to invent, to dream, to inspire others, because we're made in His image. So as you work through every one of the names of God, He's introducing His character and really what He's pouring into each of us in being made in His image and knowing Him in a personal relationship through the Lord Jesus Christ, having intimacy with Him. And that's why I believe when we fast with God, we go deeper into the characteristics of God. You know, I don't normally uh, select books that come across my desk uh, to do interviews on that are, shall we say, uh, 10 days or 20 or 30 days or 40 days with the Lord and this kind of thing. I don't normally do that. But this particular book finds its power and its purpose and its applicability, its uh, transformation ability, uh, in doing that, linking the names of God 
with the very concept of fasting so that it makes it more real and uh, that fasting becomes more powerful and important, I think. Well, you know, I'm a life coach. That's what I've been doing for over 25 years, and I work with our congregation. I work with with women, and I love to coach and inspire women. Mm -hmm. And so when I wrote this book, I realized I really needed just a simple guide, something that people can walk through scriptures, discussion questions, journal entries, because I want people to be successful. You know, I grew up in a wonderful Baptist home, but I was not taught to fast. By the way, did you know there's not going to be any Baptists in heaven? Tell me why. Well, there aren't going to be any Methodists in heaven. (laughs) <laughs> any Nazarenes in heaven, Amen. any Amen. Uh, Charismatics in heaven, only those who trust the Lord God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength Amen. have received Amen. Christ as their Savior and are walking with him as Lord in obedience. My understanding right. is that only those people are going to get in. Well, we understand there's not denominations in heaven, and thank God for that. And, and my, my, my premise in explaining that was, un, unfortunately, I wasn't taught to fast. And I was taught the Word of God, and I was taught to pray, and so uh-huh. I'm so grateful. Right. But fasting is not something that churches really teach today. It's not something that we practice, possibly because we have to deny the flesh. Oh, now wait a minute. Wait just a minute. Don't talk so fast here. You just hit <laughs> at the salient point. The real point is that fasting is God's means of our war against the flesh. Sure. If we don't understand that, we don't understand the meaning of fasting. Well, and that's what I mentioned in the book, as you've read, is that I really began to understand why it is a food fast. is because we have to deny our flesh. I tell people all the time when I meet with them, if you can learn to say no to food, you can learn to say no to other temptations in your life. You know, the enemy wait a minute, wait a minute. Walk- if you can say no to food, you might be able to say no to the mark of the beast. Well, I'll tell you what. The world, the way our world is going, um, and chips and everything else, don't get me started on that road. Well, that's why uh, I'm writing the book, When Persecution Comes, because it's here. Yeah, amen. And we are, you know, not to chase a rabbit here, but I'm seeing, just as you are firsthand in the Church, how quickly Christians are folding how quickly Christians are becoming worldly and justifying the conveniences of our world today. You know, I remember studying the Holocaust and what happened there, and I love my Jewish friends, and when they said never again, mm-hmm. I just assumed we all had learned a lesson. And I'm watching <laughs> Christians, along with Americans, yeah. so quickly fold and take chips and uh you know, not to jump on any of these, but as, as easy it is for Apple Pay and this and that. And we literally are just falling so quickly and folding so quickly to what's ease. You know, the Bible says, behold, when there is ease in Zion. And yep. I really believe that we want whatever the easy way yeah. out. And that's Woe to so- them that are at ease in Zion. That was one of my yeah. father's, father's favorite verses. And yeah. I heard him quote it yeah. so many times as a young man. Well, um, you know, this is my third fasting book, and I, our church fasts every year together. We do a corporate fast in January, uh-huh. because we truly believe that there's something about teaching our flesh through fasting how to discipline ourselves. I believe it's a spiritual discipline, just like prayer, well, just like meditation. But we uh, we need to reintroduce that to a lot of our churches today, and that's why I wrote the book, Fasting with God. I believe there's breakthrough. And I believe that God wants us to learn his name. Well, sister, I believe that this book is timely. Uh, It's not that it wasn't valued 
10 years ago, but it's more valuable today because we need to be preparing ourselves uh, with victory over the flesh because the flesh is going to reap corruption increasingly in the church and it is going to be the number one factor fulfilling the Apostle Paul's words that before the identity of the Antichrist is revealed, there's going to be a massive apostasy or falling away of professing Christians. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, um, if you don't mind, right here and right now, just because I like to always be upfront and honest, I had to Google K. Arthur. And so please um, accept my apologies. She is very much still alive, praise Ah, God. So um, just so your listeners don't send you emails saying your guest was wrong, I want to correct myself, and she's well, a mighty that's, woman of that's God, and wonderful. I just want to give her honor. Well, she's um, a special but, lady. Yeah. But but back to your question, yes. I mean, I never thought that we would be receiving, quote, the mark of the beast in my lifetime. I don't know if you're familiar with what Whole Foods is doing right now, but they literally have a chip they're inserting. This is a Whole Foods, um, I believe it's in New York. Again, you have to check on that one. But literally that their employees now are putting a chip in their hand to come in and go out. Mm. And, you know, it's... What seems to be in vogue and cool will become what society and culture begins to believe um, themselves. I'm well, sure people say, well, isn't it just easy? Why don't you, I mean, you know, wouldn't it be easier if we just got rid of currency and we just had something simple? And that's what the enemy does. That's what he did with COVID. Right. He came and he brought fear. And well, then he wants to just bring, we all just fall. Isn't Whole, Who, Whole Foods now owned by Amazon? Uh, well, Amazon bought, again, We'll, we'll need to check on this because I have some dear friends that actually were a big part of working at Whole Foods here in California, so I don't want to misquote any of your listeners. Yeah. I do I do know there's a close relationship between the two. Well, what I would know. say is this. Amazon is in the process of building its Tower of Babel right sure. here in Washington, D.C., right mm-hmm. here in Arlington, Virginia, our nation's capital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it looks exactly like... Uh, the renderings of the Tower of Babel coming out mm-hmm. of uh, Iraq. So mm-hmm. that's the spirit of the age that we're in. Now, mm-hmm. in this context, uh, one of the names of the Lord that uh, is most common, in fact, it is the most common probably, is Yahweh, uh, yeah. which is the name out of which uh, we get the, the meaning I am, I am that I am, over 6,000 right. times uh, right. it occurs in the Bible. So what does that word mean? Yahweh, Lord, I am. What are the implications of that? Well, Yahweh, we know, is Lord, he is, or mm-hmm. I am that I am. I love when Moses came, and I love the answer when he says, I am. I am what? I am everything you need. Uh-huh. I am everything you want. I am the I am. And it shows his completeness. It shows the fullness of the deity of God. I am the beginning. And of course, we know Jesus that I am the way, the truth, and the life. I right. am. I am your everything. And If we so, really believe that, then th- would that not affect our prayers? Would that not affect what we believed in terms of calling out to God uh, in times of need and trouble and so on? We would see him as the great I am. Not just as a word, not just as a title, but as the great I am. I'm talking, I'm fasting for connection, intimacy with the great I am. Amen. Well, you know, let's just be honest. Many of us have had those times in our life. 
we've had encounters with God where maybe we've gone for days or for seasons where we really understood the depth of the great I am. We walked in obedience. We walked in faith. And because of our humanity, we at times walk away. We become self-sufficient. We become lazy. And to me, Christianity is a day-by-day walk with God. And that's why I truly believe in prayer and fasting. Mm -hmm. It holds me accountable. I'm a big person and a big believer in accountability. And when you talk about the great I am, I would concur that most people have had encounters with the great I am. Maybe it was a salvation. Maybe it was a breaking point when he came through. The key is having that accountability to walk day in and day out to see there you the go. glory of, the, of God. And that's what your book out. helps us to do. Friends, it's a $20 book. Here's for $18. It's on our website, saveus.org. Fasting with God. Get it. We'll be right back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, saveus.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcasts live and archived. Save America Ministries website at saveus.org. As we speak right now, I am aware in the forefront of my mind of at least three purportedly Christian marriages that are in trouble. Now, if that be true, Tammy, how does fasting and prayer relate to that situation? Well, I can tell you firsthand stories of people who actually came before God on behalf of their marriage and it entered into a time of prayer and fasting for healing in their marriage. You were pastors here in Southern California, and I can only tell you time and time again where we truly did intercede for healing in relationships and marriages. And again, what it is, you're exercising your faith. It's those things that you don't know to be true that you exercise your faith and you see God do miracles. He can restore relationships. He can, I believe, heal cancer. I believe that he can bring wayward prodigal children home. But again, it's the same story as we find in the Bible over and over and over again when they came and offered with a clean heart their prayer and their fasting. God saw them, God heard them, and God interceded on their behalf. All right, that's true. And uh, interestingly, the thing that usually is dividing marriages is the flesh. Mm -hmm. And it's some aspect of the flesh that is creating the problem, whether it's selfishness, pride, self-centeredness, abuse of drugs or alcohol, uh, things like this. They're all matters of the flesh, and they reap corruption. And over time, if they're not dealt with, so if fasting helps us to, to gain victory over the flesh, then by definition, that should help us uh, in our road to victory in our marriages? Well, as we know, when we're struggling in marriage, it usually has something to do with entitlement mm-hmm. or pride or anger or resentment or hurt. 
So we take all of these emotions that literally, I'm going to be honest with you, are a product of the fall. All of those emotions came when Adam and Eve resisted the obedience of God, when they ate of the apple of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm. So there's this little test that we take, good, evil, right, wrong, good, and we literally in our marriages, we bring that. We bring that fruit of the Mm. garden into our lives. Mm. And so we're struggling with that. What we do when we fast and we pray is we literally release our flesh. We release our desires. I can only tell you that as I fasted over the last eight years, it has strengthened me personally, which has made me a better wife, a better mother, a better pastor, a better person, because I'm yielding to the Holy Spirit, and He is cleaning up my flesh. He's showing (laughs) me the areas of my life. Tammy, you're sensitive here. You're jealous here. You're angry here. Mm -hmm. You have a you have pride here, and the closer I get to the cross, the closer I get to the glory and through these names of God, I'm going to be honest with you, the more I pressed in. I'm looking at the book right now, and I love the story of Jehovah Nissi. Right. And I love how Moses was pushing in. You're my banner. You're my banner. He lifted up his hands, and the Lord, our provider, the banner came. And you see what happens when I press in, my eyes are toward the goodness of God. They're not on me. The very character of God, which brings up, uh, and and I'm looking here in your book, uh, we must all come to a place of surrender and humility toward others. We used to sing a song uh, in our churches, uh, all to Jesus I surrender, all to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. I surrender all. I don't see much of that anymore. My wife happens to think that that's one of the most important words uh, that the church has to deal with today is surrender. Uh, It has to do with whether or not we're going to forgive people. It has to do with whether or not we're going to continue to walk in uh, certain uh, addictive uh, behaviors, uh, all kinds of habits and so on. So Mm -hmm. uh, fasting helps to bring us to the place of surrender. But how does it do that? You know, I I have to say, I just had this vision as you were talking of a marriage where the spouse comes in with a white flag lifted over their head. (laughs) I surrender. And I really do believe we maybe maybe we need a campaign of white flags raised. So we're (laughs) surrendering in our marriages. Uh I'm not going to hold this against you. I'm not going to bring up, you know, let me just say this. I was reading one day through 1 Corinthians 13, that beautiful love chapter. Mm -hmm. And the Bible is very clear that says love keeps no record of wrongdoing. And Holy Spirit said to me, you've been keeping a record of wrongdoing. And until Mm -hmm. you release that, you'll never see victory in your life. Whoa. And I had to release all the wrongdoings, whether it be in a marriage or a friend or a family member or my past. And I just went through this healing time. I'm going to say a lot of that comes through prayer and fasting. Mm-hmm. Because what I believe is the breakthrough comes when I'm fasting and I'm in the middle of a day and it's noon and I'm hungry and my stomach's growling. And I go into prayer and I say, I am giving you my flesh, Holy Spirit. I am I'm suppressing the flesh because I want Holy Spirit for you to come through in power. He begins to show me me. It's as if I'm looking through this mirror and I'm seeing me. And he's showing me areas that I need to release. And like you said, surrender. When that happens and when I'm obedient and I do what Holy Spirit tells me to do, breakthrough comes, miracle comes, love comes, redemption comes, promotion comes, healing comes through prayer and fasting. How about if we need revelation in our lives? I have so many people that say, well, 
how is it that you seem to hear from the Lord? How is it you seem to be able to to understand and comprehend certain things? I don't get that kind of information. I don't get that kind of revelation. Well, I think uh, revelation comes from inspiration that comes from surrender, humility, quietness before God, and certainly fasting brings us to a place of quiet before God, doesn't it? Absolutely. You know, I started prayer walking many years ago, and it's now a daily activity for me. And what I just started doing was talking to Do you have a bodyguard that goes with you there in California? <laughs> well, I'm telling you what, often my husband wants to know the same thing, and I said, Holy Spirit's with me, so I, I don't need to fear. <laughs> Your constant um, but, companion but I, and comforter, amen, okay. Amen. But I'm saying that to someone who's listening right now, because it's a great physical and spiritual exercise. I make sure I'm actually communicating with God. And in a couple of books that I've written, I walk through how to explain how to prayer walk, how to go on a prayer walk, but I begin to communicate with God, and I talk to Him, and then I allow Him to talk to me. There you go. You have to be willing to allow Him to talk to you, and that's where, uh, you know, the Bible says, blessed are those who do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Well, we have to develop that hunger and thirst for righteousness, Mm -hmm. and it's pretty hard to do that when you're constantly insatiated with uh, fleshly food. Well, and I tell people all the time, when you pray, you always start off on a prayer walk or in your prayer by acknowledging Him, by praising Him, His worthiness, who He is. You extol Him. You lift Him up. And then you bring your request. And I can only tell you, ask that question, um, God has given me inspiration, revelation, vision, because I have developed this relationship over the last 10 years of intimacy with Holy Spirit where I get on my face and I pray, I walk, I talk, I listen, I exercise faith. And I can tell you it sharpens me when I pray and fast. Those are two spiritual disciplines that the church doesn't exercise much today. And when you exercise those spiritual disciplines, I believe that you do have revelation, inspiration. God gives you wisdom. Um, there's just new doors that open up. But you have it's a spiritual walk. We've got to remember, we live in a fleshly world as spiritual beings. So you have to decide how are you going to discipline yourself to see and hear the things from above. We do that in the spirit realm. Exactly. Well, uh, you know, it brings up that song, and he walks with me and he talks with me. And uh, I think people want that, but they're not willing to engage in the disciplines necessary to be there. Uh, The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. We can't, it's almost impossible to be still today. People have their ears constantly filled. They're walking around with things hanging out of their ears uh, so that they don't miss a single word that's said from their cell phone. They're utterly addicted to uh, devices. There's no place for our young people to possibly be still and know that he is God. I think we've actually addicted ourselves to just the opposite of what God wanted us to do to be able to experience his word, his truth, and his glory. Amen. Well, you know, we know that Satan will always distract us, and that's what you you just said so well. Um, Right now, what your listeners and all of us need to do is we need to stop, and we need to say, Holy Spirit, where are we being distracted? Mm. Where are we being confused? You know, I believe Satan brought a spirit of confusion and dissension during COVID in 2020. Those were two of his demonic spirits that he dropped over humanity. And so I have to take every thought captive how by renewing my mind. So just as you mentioned exercise, I mean, we may want to lose five pounds, but at what cost? Pushing away from the table, 
saying no to that second piece of pie, going to the gym. Well, no, not that much. Not to the degree <laughs> of exercising. We may want something, but we don't want to do anything about it. Well, fasting isn't exactly the, the, the purpose of fasting, fasting isn't exactly to lose weight, is it? Well, no, no, not at all. If your intention is for that, then Holy Spirit will get a hold of you. <laughs> My yeah. intention is never, you know, I know, and let me just say this, because your listeners, I'm sure, are aware of this through things like social media. There's something called intermittent fasting today so that you lose weight. Well, it's all over social media. It's the biggest thing on social media right now because everyone's wanting to lose weight by intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the purpose of fasting. Right. Fasting for God and from God was for breakthrough, for power for understanding who he is. Right. Now, yes, you may benefit by being healthier, and I say that in my videos. I do I do morning videos every morning uh, through my book. I walk you through daily videos every morning. So, yes, you may benefit from being healthier after a fast, but the purpose is not for weight loss. The purpose is to have intimacy with God, to be obedient, to struggle, to realize that you do need to deny your flesh. I'm not Telling people fasting is easy. It'll be one of the hardest things you do because it's for spiritual breakthrough. For 21 days, we're going to walk together with accountability, and we're going to ask God for specific things. Like I said, marriage, wayward children, cancer gone, healing, financial breakthrough, whatever it is you're asking God for. But for 21 days, you're going to focus, and you are going to ask God to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ask or think because of your obedience in the spiritual discipline. There you go. Well, the book, again, friends, is uh, Fasting with God, Finding Breakthrough and Power in the Names of God. And uh, we've spoken about the names of God, but when we're talking about 21 days, we're talking about 21 names of God as well. And we don't have time to go through all of those, but uh, you can see how with the various names of God that have specific meanings, it helps us to more meaningfully fast. We're fasting with purpose. We're fasting with identity, identically with God's revealed purpose in His in our lives through His life. We'll be right back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. It may be shocking, but true. God will never reveal to you through fasting something that is contrary to his written word. Never. Now, you may in your flesh seek something like that. You may be looking at a frisky filly uh, there in your office or somewhere else and saying, man, you know, I, 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 I think I'd rather have her than my wife. 
So you fast about it. No, you can't do that because God's already spoken. God is not going to change his mind to conform to your flesh. In fact, we have a very uh, direct situation about that in the book of Malachi, chapter 2. In the book of Malachi, chapter 2, God takes on the religious leaders of the day. And he says, look, you guys are screaming and crying to me, belly aching to me about all the problems that you're having. And you say you're fasting and you're you're praying and you're you're crying out to me. He said, I'm not going to hear a single word you say. You know why? Because he said you're dealing treacherously with the wife of your youth. Three times he says you're dealing treacherously with the wife of your youth. You're divorcing them. And you're thinking that I'm approving this because you are praying and fasting. Give me a break, God says. What say you, Tammy? Well, I have to be honest with you. I've heard the same story over and over. But God will never deny his word. And we must always find all of our convictions coming straight from the word of God. Truth is that God does not. I believe you're on divorce, and that seems something that we're talking about right here. God's very clear with that. I would rather fast and see God break come through with a breakthrough in my marriage. Give me a miracle in my marriage. There you restore, go. Restore the love of my youth. Stay focused on what God wants to do, not what you want to do. And you've got to remember, Satan wants to distract you. He will bring every temptation your way. And I tell people in my coaching videos that don't be surprised when you're on a fast if the enemy doesn't try to come and distract you because he doesn't want you to be successful. It's spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. So whatever your temptation is, you'll probably face that during your fast. But this is how God proves us. Let's remember what Jesus was doing in Matthew 4 and in Luke 4 when he went into the wilderness. It It says the Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted by the enemy. Because Jesus wanted to teach us we can overcome the enemy. We can overcome our adversary. We can overcome our temptations by the word of God. Jesus was very clear when he spoke to Satan. Thus it is written. Thus it is written. Thus it is written. So until we know the word of God, we can't battle the enemy. You can't battle the enemy with the sermon from Sunday. You battle the enemy with the word of God. But you've got to know the word of God. Stand on the word of God exercise the word of god when you do you will win over every temptation you're going through right now all right so what do you say tammy what do you say tammy to the person who says well you know i saw this in the bible uh but uh i decided i'm i'm going to explore uh and so i i went to three or four or five pastors and christian friends and so on to explore their viewpoints concerning uh, this particular issue uh, whether I should remarry when my spouse is still living and I divorced and so on. Mm-hmm. And they say, well, uh, you know, they said it was okay. Now, mm-hmm. uh, this is probably the most common thing uh, that happens. The use of others, even pastors, to authenticate what God refuses to approve in his word. You know, It's funny, I was just thinking of the story of Job when his three friends came to him, and supposedly they were godly friends, right? You can have godly friends around you that don't know the Word of God. You cannot ever use others as your source of truth. There is one truth, and it's the Word of God. And here's what I believe. In our spirit, you know, I'm dealing with a couple right now that I love dearly, Mm -hmm. and he has justified his behavior and his actions of leaving his wife 
because he's a good man and he loves God and he thinks it's just easier for him to not be in the house with the family because they fight so much. So let me just separate. That's really what I think God wants me to do. Well, you show me the Word of God where it says that. And he used the same illustration you just did. Hey, I asked pastors and I asked God. I believe that God wants to restore their marriage. Mm -hmm. I believe that God wants to do a work in his life. I believe that he's walked away from truth, and he's trying to find someone to speak to him where he is away from God right now. You know, you can always find someone to tell you what you want to hear. You know what we call that as lawyers? Forum shopping. Where a lawyer goes and looks for a court or a judge who has a reputation for being more lenient in a particular area or more prone to show favor or somebody that you think you have a connection with. Forum shopping. It seems to me that is so common in our churches. You know, I I heard a pastor Saturday, and it was so good what he said. He said, we have to learn to choose hard better. And he said, you know, and it's really good because, you know, he said, either way, it's hard. You stay with your wife, it's hard. You leave your wife, it's hard. Mm -hmm. You have to learn to do hard better. We have to learn to do hard under the Word of God because ultimately we're going to stand before a holy and righteous God for the rest of our life. And these moments, Satan comes with these temptations, Mm -hmm. and they're like a vapor. They just come and they vanish. And, you know, today's pleasures are tomorrow's problems. Well, now what you're dealing with is is the... uh the new faith in America. It's the faith in your feelings. So your feelings have become Adonai. Your feelings Mm -hmm. have become Lord. And the faith has taken short shrift. I really believe that that is uh, a large measure of what has happened. And I'm looking right now at your chapter, Adonai, Lord, Master. Uh, The word Adonai used 434 times in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And... uh, the, the problem that we have, and I hear this so often, particularly in, I would say, a third of the professing body of Christ today, evangelical body of Christ, despises the word Lord. Yeah. Why do we well, despise the word Lord? Because well, you know, yeah. it's interpreted as preaching a gospel of works. They mm-hmm. say, we don't believe in that lordship salvation. No, all you have to do is make a confession of faith and you're in, and uh, it doesn't matter what you do after that. Well, a verse that's very convicting is in that chapter, I believe. It's Matthew seven twenty one. Mm-hmm. It says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father. And you know, you're right. We're living in a day of pleasure, of self, of entitlement, and we want to feed our flesh, feed our flesh, feed our flesh. And all I can say to you and your listeners is my personal testimony is that when I went on this journey of prayer and fasting and I set myself aside as a holy sacrifice, I said, God, I don't want to be a part of the world anymore. I really Mm. do want to do your will. It changed my life. Mm. And for those of you that are struggling right now in marriages or in your home, I'm telling you, just be honest with God and he'll be honest with you. He does it through his word. He gave us the word and the word is our law. The word is our truth. And so when you know the Word and you live the Word and you love the Word, God comes through in a way that I can only tell you is healing. It's Jehovah Rapha. It's healing. There you go. So all the names of, of God actually come together collectively in his I amness. And uh, until we humble ourselves and fasting 
uh, is a means for us to humble ourselves, uh, get dominion over the flesh, and humble ourselves before God to allow his Holy Spirit to speak to us without the roaring temptations of uh, the, the world around us, I think. Amen. Well, I think we've said it over the last hour, and I think your listeners have heard this. Now they have to make the decision. Uh-huh. Now is the deciding point. Who do I give alliance to? Who do I yield to, the spirit or the flesh? And it's the same question we have to ask. You may have victory today, my friend, but the enemy will come to you tomorrow. And that's why Jesus said, every day I have to deny myself, deny my flesh, and pick up my cross and follow him. You must have just read the chapter that I was just writing in my latest book just two hours ago. Mm. I quoted all these verses that you're just now mentioning, Matthew 7, 21. God bears bears witness, right? Well, there you go. There you go. And, uh, you know, there's a reason why the word obey has fallen on such hard terms. I don't know if you realize it, but uh, for the past, uh, I'd say, seven or eight years, I've asked many, many, many pastors and parachurch leaders on this program, what is the most hated word in the church today? And they all, except one, agreed. It's the word obey. I say obedience. Amen. Well, because we don't want to deny our flesh. We want to be Lord of our own life. It's a a struggle, as I said, going all the way back to Genesis with Mm -hmm. Adam and Eve. They didn't want what God... You know, let me just touch on that because I think it's so beautiful. Why was it that God said, don't eat of the apple, don't eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Because he didn't want us to battle this. He didn't want Mm -hmm. us to struggle with right. what's good and what's evil. He wanted us to walk in the fullness of his creation. And because we chose, and we all do every day, choose our <laughs> own way, we struggle with it. I want to be my own Lord. I want to be my own God. Until you submit, until you obey, until you confess, you will struggle with all of these things we just talked about, the desires of the flesh. But if you pray and you fast, some things, I love it, Matthew, some things only happen by prayer and fasting. I'm just telling your listeners right now, trust me, God wants to bring you breakthrough, but he wants to do it through the discipline of prayer and fasting, submission and obedience. Through that, you will see breakthrough. Well, Sister, you have uh, spoken very eloquently and uh, directly to us, and I really, really appreciate it. I believe that the Holy Spirit used this conversation here today uh, to touch the hearts of many, uh, there may be conviction. There may be, uh, you know, it. When when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, He speaks to uh, bring conviction, righteousness, and so on. And uh, that's why. That's really why we need to engage in prayer and fasting together. And when you couple it with the names of God, it helps us to come to the place where we're not just speaking in the abstract. We're speaking in the context of who God says he is, who he says he is to me, who he says he is to you. And when we realize that, reality begins to set in even the more so in our prayer and fasting, I think. Amen. Amen. Well, let me just conclude with this. You talked about righteousness, and in the book I talk about Jehovah's Sidkidnu, and he is the Lord, our righteousness. Mm -hmm. And there is no righteous in and of us. And I think what happens is we have we don't understand there's one righteous, oh, just one. And we must submit to that righteous one. And we do that, again, just through learning how to be obedient. So, yeah. 
it's been such a joy to be with you, and I and I hope people participate in this fast. Um, January is always a great time to fast, to come before the Lord, and um, I'm really excited about Well, you have a, pad, a podcast, Tammy. I do, I do. I'd love for your, your listeners to join. I'm going to actually be launching my new book. They can check that out. It's actually called Fasting for a Change, uh-huh. and that'll be coming out in 24. But I believe in fasting. I believe God wants to bring a change. And your listeners can check me out on my podcast or my website, TammyHopsonPiller.com. And I just thank you for your time to be on your show, and God bless you and all those you, well, it's, you touch it's, so closely. It's It's been a, a real blessing. Again, the book, friends, uh, Fasting with God, Finding Breakthrough and Power in the Names of mm. God. A $20 book, yours for $18 on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Uh, if you're writing a check, add $5 for postage and handling. And, re- and remember, one of the four pillars of this program is discipling for destiny. That's what we've been doing today, discipling for destiny. Sometimes we're dealing with issues of prophecy out there. Today, we're discipling for destiny in the context of what's happening in our world. Not disconnected from it, but in the context of it. See, God and his word is relevant. More relevant than any of us would care it to be. It is super relevant. And God cares for you. Let's get involved with fasting with God uh, and with the names of God. And I think it'll be extremely encouraging It might even bring victory in your life. You want victory? Let's get victory. Fasting with God. Thanks for joining us again. Be partners with us. Uh, Go to our website. Make your generous contribution there. Saveus.org. Call us. 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us. Remember, uh, the other guy's not doing it. We don't have commercial support for this program because commercial support tries to control you what you say or don't say. We trust God, and he trusts you. We'll leave it at that. God bless and be a blessing. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.